This is Season 3 of The Score, the Team Roping Journal's regular podcast where the team roping world talks. We've told the stories of some of the greatest cowboys, horses, and moments in the sport, and we're so far from done. In 2020, we'll bring you more of what you've come to expect, like interviews with the best cowboys and cowgirls we know, and we'll dive even deeper into subjects you care about. Look for more audio editions of the Team Roping Journal stories you might have missed in print, and learn about the great horses shaping the sport and great challenges facing our industry. All this and more in 2020. I'm Chelsea Schaefer. Before we get into the interview, we've got to thank our partners at Neutrina and Safe Choice. Check them out at neutrinaworld.com backslash safe choice, and you'll learn more about them at the commercial break. Man, guys, this podcast is really long overdue. We recorded this interview with Colby Lovell via Microsoft Teams because we none of us are face-to-face. We're all social distancing right now, but I think the audio turned out great. You'll have to let us know what you think. So Colby Lovell is Rodeo's hog hunting header from South Texas, and he has won almost $900,000 in his 14-year career pro rodeoing. He's roped with the greats like Martin Lucero and Russell Cardoza, and he turned a whole lot of heads at the 2020 RFD-TV's The American, heading for young gun Jared Fillmore, placing second worth $25,000 a man. Colby spends his spare time with his wife and two kids, working on the family's ranch, making great horses. And he spent much of the last year helping young Cody Neesmith, a 23-year-old header who's battling cancer. In this episode of The Score, Lovell talks about his career and how his time with Neesmith has shaped his outlook and his life. How are you? How are you guys handling the downtime with quarantine? What's What's been going on at your house? Anything different than hog hunting and roping steers? You know, not so much really different. I mean, I haven't rodeoed in the last three. This will be my fourth year, so other than going and working cows or going to an amateur rodeo or baseball game or hanging out with the family or riding horses all day, it's pretty much the same other than not being able to, you know, having an eerie feeling when you walk somewhere and somebody walks up to you you don't know or having a weird feeling about getting diesel or going to the gas station. I mean, yeah. but as far as rodeos, you know, I haven't been in the buildings and stuff like that. I've gone to where I could get in or where I could go. And then in the summertime, I've been home and just going to amateur rodeo. So, I mean, I'm not no panic. Yeah. But, man, it's like coming off a, such a big high of the American. Like, it's it's like you went from all the excitement of being the short round of the American, winning money there, to nothing. That sucks because you guys were kind of hot at the moment. Yeah. it, it To an extension, you know, but it was um, – you know, Jared and I, he got down here at the beginning of the year, and he's, we worked at our roping together and our run a lot. I mean, we have roped a bunch and put in the time, and I think we ran like 11 steers or either 12, I think 11 sudden death steers to get to that spot, the spot at the American. So the pressure that led up to it was an extension of about two months long, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the neat part about getting to go through that far. I mean, when you get to that point of get to the American and you start hitting the real out reality starts kicking in that, man, this could happen. We've already, you know, 
you got to have a, a just a little bit of everything, a luck on your side as far as steers and stuff going your way. But then also you got to do your job, not get ahead of yourself. And yeah. You need experience. They'll say that for the most. It was the second time I had qualified for the American and got eligible for the million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it with three coons once, and we did they took the top four, and I think we ended up fifth. We were four three, and didn't get the rope. And then Jared and I, with the way they did it the other day, I mean Jared roped great there, and we caught our steers. And you know, I wish I would have done a little bit better on the last steer, but you know, I'm glad with where we ended up. I mean, it is what it is. It was life changing. Could have been life changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but nothing changes. I got up the next day, and two days later, I think we were. I'd, working cows in Stephenville and Morgan Mill and Dublin and then come home and went back to roping. You know, it's the same thing. Just it has been weird on the weekends getting to spend a lot of time with my kids, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a lot of rain down here. With, and I, where I grew up is on the river and my grandpa's land. And, you know, the river, it's when a lot of rain comes from up north around Dallas area or something, the river gets high and, you know, it. It, it'll have dog extensions of like I call them dog legs that'll feed off into the creeks around and the creeks get mm-hmm. up and they overflow and they flow the bo- big bottoms and you know there's a lot of stuff to do for us like as far as I don't know I kind of call it living off the land which is old school saying but it's like I told my wife I said you know everybody can be in a panic but one thing about it we're gonna be good yeah I'm sure there's but plenty of pasture for the cows and everything too like you're not you're not worried about uh, grass at the moment? No, we've everything's good. You know, like the water down there, it'll, we just push. And that's, you know, you got to, it's kind of like, you just got to, I don't know, you got to play for the weather. You know, you got to put that into the cause of, you know, what if the water gets out? You can't have, you know, too many cows per acre. And you got to put all that into effect. And you never know what's going to happen during the year or what's going to play out. You know, everybody wants a Cinderella story with the calves to sell high and lots of grass and lots of rain, but lots of hay. But you never know when there's going to be a drought. You never know when you're going to have your bottoms going to be flooded for three weeks and, you know, and kill all your grass or you just have to put yeah. all that into effect. have to do the math. Now, your son's like a superstar athlete, but I know he's a football player. Is he missing any spring sports right now or is he – uh, is he, he he likes to play football, you know, he, he, he enjoys hunting and he's not, he, he doesn't, my little girl, she's sick. She's eat up with it. She's crazy about riding. I mean, we're roping mm-hmm. right now and she's one little pony, a little bitty pony that she broke. She's all bareback. She's riding <laughs> with Jared. He's got, I got a buddy over here that's heading for him right now and she's riding. My son, he's in the house doing work, school work because of right now, but you know, he, he doesn't, it's not like he. He's crazy about sports. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. real fast. He's he uh he's done good. He did. They had two track meets, and uh, the first track meet he won. They won the four by one hundred and the relay, and then he won the hundred yard dash out of. I think there was six heats. He uh I don't remember how many. Yeah, there were six heats. I think there was eight schools there, but he won the hundred yard dash, and then uh, the next meet i think he was third or fourth you know but he enjoys it. he likes to hunt and fish i mean he mm-hmm. you know he likes being outdoors and hunting and fishing and just going with the flow 
Now, were you raised, well, we've, we talked about the American and we talked a little about what's going on right now. Were you raised just like your son is being raised now, like in the same spot, doing all the same things? And, and who raised you? And yeah, tell me how you grew much. up. No. I was. Uh, my little brother, Joey, is 11 months younger than me. And uh, Oh, wow. I grew up in Crockett, Texas. And uh, my mom lived in Madisonville. My dad lived in Crockett, so... I would stay all summer with my dad. My dad, we he owned a rope shop for at the time, and so we built ropes all summer, and then we would rope in the evenings and stuff like that. And you know, my my little brother, he didn't care about it. He didn't. He can rope. He'll come over and hang out and stuff like that, and or might rope once a year. And Levi's real. He's he gets into shooting a gun. He's really likes to be real precise on shooting all of his pellet rifles. He <laughs> likes to see how good his side of me and stuff. You know, that's just like a knack for anybody else. I mean, he's got a love for that. He's just like my little brother, you know, and which is fine with me. I don't care. If he wants to rope, I'm all for it. If he doesn't, it doesn't matter with me. You know, I want him to play football through high school and stuff just because I enjoy watching the games. And he, he is, I do enjoy watching him run the ball. He is fast, and I get into it. He tells me I need to be quiet up there. He says I sound like crazy redneck when I'm hollering, but uh, – can't help it i enjoy watching you know my little girl she's gonna rope she's gonna ride i mean two days ago i spun her a steer and she two-footed her first year and she's six years old so this is the point of you know i my brother and i we grew over and grew up in crockett and my dad worked at the prison when we were eight nine ten years old so in the we would stay with my grandma and grandpa and i had a goat when we had pellet rifles and he would come back at 5 30 6 o'clock when he'd get off working at the prison He'd come back and get us, and we would either I would rope the goat all day, or we go bird hunting, or stay outdoors, and that's all there was to do. We had, I think, my dad we had four steers for I think we roped those four steers for like two and a half, three years, and they had the worst head tricks. I mean, they were a terrible set of steers, but you know we had something to rope, and we'd go to a horse sale on Saturday night there in Elkhart. He might buy a horse for three or four or five hundred dollars. We'd go home, me and Joey or whoever. We, my dad, we'd mess with it, see if we could get him going and try and sell him. And I don't think we ever got one good horse out of there. But I think she learned what not to mess with in a horse deal. But uh, you know, and then my son, my wife, and I—we started early, very, very early for me in life uh, and her. And I had to grow up quick. You know, when I was seventeen. Uh, I was blessed with Levi, and uh, my roping went from hanging out and, you know, having a good time doing it to a goal of making NFR and dreams of making NFR to a reality of, hey, you got to grow up and take care of your family, and Levi and Cassie, if this is what you're going to do, every loop you throw counts. And uh, I think that's what helped me when I first started rodeoing. I was very, very fortunate and lucky enough to get Corey Koontz when I started out and tried to make the NFR the first time. But it got to a point of uh, I knew that all the weight was on my shoulders when I started heading. Yes. A lot of young people nowadays, you know, they don't, they think just because they're young, it takes time to mature and grow up. And no, all I'll learn, you know, like Jared, he's done a great job. Uh, never been in any kind of atmosphere as American. He got down here this winter, and 
thank God I headed good during that time for him, and he's taken advantage <laughs> of it. He hasn't missed any steers, and he's real good. And, you know, he hasn't get caught up in anything. He does his own deal, and he's very appreciative, you know. He, and I think, you know, that's what helped me as far as growing up when I first started yeah. really growing now, Denny texted me the other day and said, nobody, like, he's like, you need to get on that Jared Fillmore story. Nobody's ever gone from a five to a 10 before in one year. Like, what about Jared made him uh, learn so much so fast? You know, I think there's people in, in the team roping world that just like football or baseball or any kind of sport, just because they showed up that day and they're somewhere where there's people that's been there, done that. And the best in the world doesn't mean that their goal or their dream, it shouldn't be the same or, you know, they shouldn't have the same chance. And then to an extension that they are that good. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just takes a chance and opportunity. He went through a lot, you know, Hey, like, I mean, the best way for him to put it, he's just, enjoy he just likes to enjoy life i mean you know he just when he goes every day i mean he's been on the verge of being gone you know and that's a different aspect of anything you know when you've gone through a lot like that and then he does have the talent and just what me and him talk about you know he racks my brain and wants to know what i think about why i might do something with my horsemanship doing a 610 or when I'm healing, why I might do this or that, and we talk about it, and you know he's a he doesn't get caught up in nothing. He stays in his lane, and uh, he catches two feet. His goal is to catch two feet, <laughs> you know. And shoot, I think that's the whole goal and everything, you know. Yeah. Did you know what he was gonna wear? No. Did you guys? No. You didn't, were you were you surprised? Like, did you see him out at the trailers wearing that, and were like, "Dude, you got to change," or did you just let him be? I I stay in my lane. Hey, I, mean, <laughs> I stay. In, I don't. I saw he stepped out of the truck and he looked at me and he said, "Don't say anything." And I said, "Man, you don't have to worry about me saying anything. As long as I'm not worried. The last thing I'm worried about is your shirt. I'm fixing to try and turn this next three steers for this much money. <laughs> and you, you know." If you've got enough balls to wear that shirt and this element of atmosphere, <laughs> kudos to you. You're the man. You know, that's the way I looked at it. And, it all, so, and he is, he's like that. He doesn't care. You know, that's what that's what makes him who he is. You know, that's what sets him aside. You know, little things like that doesn't bother him. He doesn't care if, there's, <laughs> uh, if he misses or, or something goes wrong and he drew attention to himself because of something he wore. I mean, Mm-hmm. that's not you know and 95 percent of the people aren't like that their pride is gets in their way is of uh to an extent of hey i'm gonna draw attention he doesn't care his pride doesn't mean anything to him he's just gonna be him and he's gonna do his thing and you know what good does it do if he had a white shirt black shirt or that shirt on him i don't turn the steer it doesn't matter what shirt he's got on <laughs> you know <laughs> so if i turn the steer and and he misses or has bad luck and he's got that shirt on, it's the same thing as he has a good shirt or whatever kind of shirt. I really don't even know if it was a, I don't even remember, was it a Texas flag or American? I don't. I think it was a Texas flag in that black hat. I, the hat got me even more than the shirt, but yeah, he was funny. He's a funny well, kid. It doesn't bother me. Whatever he wants to wear, as long as he's 
long as we if he's in cowboy attire and what it takes to compete, I don't care. <laughs> That's awesome. And you got to now you got bartender back. Tell me about yeah. what makes that horse like why does he stand out? You know, I don't I don't know. That horse I bought him last summer before it was last spring, it's almost a year. The Goodson family brought him down here, real nice people. And his son, Roper, wanted to go to healing. And, you know, I rode the horse that morning. I run about five or six deers. And there were just little things, you know. And I kind of, I said, you know, I don't think it's going to work, this and that. Well, we went to lunch, and we were talking, eating, uh, just good people and enjoyed being around them. And then I said, well, let me ride him one more time. And I rode him one more time, but I, I, I kind of changed and put my bridle just kind of like if I was, if he was already mine. And I rode him around for about 25 minutes, kind of messed with him 20 minutes, kind of played around, got some feel for him. And uh, first two or three steers I roped, I never turned off with them. And I don't know, I just, I rode him that weekend at a couple of rodeos. I mean, rope, two ropings. And uh, he just tries real hard. He, I don't know, he does good for me. And I messed up selling him that one time and uh, was very fortunate enough to get him back. And, took me a little bit of time to get back with him as far as him getting his confidence back. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I rode him this winter, and he tries every time. And, you know, what makes him a great horse for me is, you know, I would go out there rodeoing, and you would have two or three horses in the trailer, you know. And, heck, I, that's the only horse I've rode in, in every year for the last year, dang there. He takes it every time, and, you know, he tries so hard. It's crazy. He wants to run as hard as he can, and he's a cool horse, too. He's, mm -hmm. He doesn't have papers, but he's he's a gentle horse. My little girl rides him, and he's just a neat horse. He's really, he is, out of all the you, horses I've ever had, he has done more for me than such a short period. Than, and I've had some great, not great horses, but I would say have done great for me and give me a chance to go very far but bartender has done so much for me is just for me selling him and then getting him back and my catching percentage on him has been been good and he just tries he tries hard you know he knows when he's in that atmosphere i mean crazy i don't know how to explain it like it's american he just he knows when he's in there i don't he's just a winner yeah the horses got it the horses don't it's time to get more from your horse feed don't you think that's why Safe Choice provides great tasting choices with high quality nutrition, including superior amino acid levels for a strong top line. So whether you're looking for more performance results or simply healthy benefits for more quality time together, you'll get more peace of mind when you feed Safe Choice. See what's new and find a retailer near you at neutrinoworld.com backslash safe choice. Now, do you raise horses still, Colby? Man, my mom, we raised horses, and my mom raised cutting horses and stuff, and, uh, you know, showed horses, and I grew up around the cutting world all as a young kid. Uh, my stepdad, used to be stepdad, he owned a horse that had won the world a couple times, and uh, I grew up with a man named Kenny Patterson, got to, got to be around him all the time, low horses for him, and 
he committed suicide when I was 13, but he, uh, he won the world and he was an outstanding horseman. He's the one who helped me with my foundation, learning how to put draw on a horse and the little things that team ropers have no clue about that don't feel mm-hmm. like that work that will help the cutting world. You know, it's crazy. I was just very fortunate at the time. I didn't like it because I wanted to rope, make the NFR, and I thought that, oh, this isn't going to help me. But I'm so blessed to look back now and be able to grow up with the people that I grew up with. I got to ride with Ronnie Rice, low forces for Ronnie Rice, be around Tag Rice, uh, mm-hmm. all the rides. I mean, it just was a big deal, you know, and I can – it's just good. I can go show a cutting horse if I need to. Uh, I worked at a rainer for – place for a year i can go show a raining horse or ride a raining cow horse or do all of that stuff and i enjoy all of that those are my favorite type of horses if somebody asks me what's your favorite horse you own it's going to be a horse that's been two two years old to that six or seven that's here now that i can go shoot a gun off of or uh go win go win top horse at a ranch rodeo or i mean the horse what like the, the horses that we raised was that we had a mare called Hide a Smart Dancer, and she, uh, the first year junior, roped at the American with Jake Barnes, was a horse that I called Pee Wee, that Tommy Zuniga bought from me, that I rode, we raised him, and I rode him from as a three year old. I think he was about seven or eight, eight years old when Tommy bought him, and, and uh, that was the first horse junior rode at the American. And that was mm-hmm. his first. Tommy had only bought him probably about two months before that, and that was one of his first big rodeos. Well, <laughs> the half brother to him, out of the same, the mare was uh, a horse called uh, I called Big Time, and that's Marty Yates's horse. And yeah, that, was, that you ranch rodeoed on, right? Yep, and they were those two horses I raised. Both of them did everything on them. Uh, both of those horses have been to all the ranch rodeos. You could head on Pee Wee, you could heel on him, you could do anything. My little boy Levi, I got pictures of him riding him. Uh, big time was the same way. I mean, I actually took, I looked up the other night. I had, I sent it to Marty. I have a picture of like a month before Marty bought him. I'm two months before. I've got a picture of I rode a, a big hog down in the river bottom. And I'm standing back behind him, and Mark, uh, big time's working rope, and hogs on the end of the rope, and two dogs <laughs> that I raised. And I told Marty, I said, "It's crazy that you know this horse went from both of those horses. You know, it was just neat that both of those horses were been through the same deal, been rode, done whatever, didn't matter. And you know, really, yeah. really, Peewee, that was his first big rodeo. Was the American thing near when Tommy had him, and Junior bought him, and then." Big time, he went to Denver and all the rodeos right there at the very beginning, and Marty did great on him that year. Yeah, that I remember. Away. Yeah. Can you give us an estimate of, like, what is the percentage of time that your horses spend in the arena versus working outside? Like, is there a breakdown percentage-wise? Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. Like, I've got a uh, – I have a stud horse right now that just turned three that's by metallic cat out of a mare called another Playgirl, and she produced about 260,000 and he's a he's a very i feel like he's a very good horse i like him a lot he's about as good a horse as i think i've had and i will ride him i, I run i healed a couple steers on him last night yesterday evening well the 
day before yesterday, I left in the house about 7.30 or 8, and I went and pinned some cows, moved some cows on him. And then I, Jared and my son came down there and went boat fishing and kind of played her and messed out in the river bottom and messing around in all that deep water. I rode him through all that water, went and checked stuff. And then I unloaded some dogs, and I went hog hunting on him. And uh, <laughs> I probably hog hunted on him for three hours. I roped the hog and he and tied the hog. He stayed on the end of the rope, you know, and it takes a lot of lot for a horse to do that for them to take that pressure of a hog being on the end of the rope because the hog smells and they got they put off a lot of scent and uh, the noise mm-hmm. that they make. He took that and you know just the and he's three, you know, and you would think right mm-hmm. now he probably he acts like a six year old. I mean, uh, I'm riding him in a solid bridle or I'm not riding him in an O ring. You can heal. And it's just mm-hmm. the point, like from my two-year-old to three-year-old year, when they get to about halfway through their three-year-old year, I have to slow down and realize, hey, this horse is only this age because they're getting to an extent of, they feel like they're five, six years old. Uh, there's not a job that they can mm-hmm. go do. They might not be the best at the job, but as far as being broke, gentle, hang out, let you go do your thing and not get stressed out or worked up or anything like that. You know, I just have to slow down with what I do. Uh, but we, yeah. we, we ride them a bunch. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. Like, as far as, like, we're roping right now. And uh, there's after we get done roping, there's nothing to do this evening. Well, we're not going to go sit inside. And I've raised my own dogs for, uh, I started back when I was in eighth grade, ninth grade. And I guess it's around 17 18 19 years now and i can tell you where every um i can show you every puppy i've had i know where all the puppies i've let my buddies take i've kept up with them i know uh their mama their daddy their grandma their grandpa i can tell you their great grandpa i can tell you all the way back i can tell you stories of what i did with this dog and that dog so (laughs) like i'll go get uh, two or three young dogs and I'll go get that that young horse, and you know, it gets to the point where uh, when I get him, when he, I'll tell you like this: when the dog starts laying under the horse, when it's hot and they're looking for shade in the trailer, your horse is starting. Mm-hmm. That's one telltale sign that they're getting where they're broke and they're getting where they can go and do, and they're not going to have any kind of get excited or it's uh. You know, and I don't have to tie them in the trailer. I can put, them, put my bridle on them, put my reins on them on the saddle horn in the trailer, and they'll stand in the trailer and not walk around. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's For me, that's when they start showing patience and they don't get hot in the box. Uh, if they're still walking around in a gooseneck trailer as I'm driving or after me working all day or something like that, they're mine. They're, they're, not, they're not settling. They're not starting to get patient. They're, they're, not, not. they're still stressing out about uh being with other horses or stuff like that and when they start standing still and being quiet eyed just waiting for their turn to go do stuff or me to go unsaddle them and put them up uh they get mm-hmm. easy. it gets to the point of being easy yeah it's when my my little girl i feel like you know we can ever we can start doing everything on them uh mm-hmm. you know now like you asked me about raising horses i i'm gonna try and I, i'm gonna try with this uh, horse try and do a good job of, and see what I how far it'll take me I want to do good I want him to do good he's um 
he's a pretty good horse, I think, and he's a he's a pretty horse, and I think the public will like him, and uh, he's very very talented. So we'll just see where it goes. Do you think like rope horse maturity in your future with him, or? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, cool. I've got I have him, and then I've got a mare that is a Gilligan that goes back to like Brandon Beer's mare and the mare that I rode called Annie. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a mare that's five that I bought last summer and done the same thing on and I just turned her out and she's doing good that I think will be uh, do good for the fraternity I hope and then uh, I've got one head horse mm-hmm. very cool now we can change gears a little bit I know I, I'm glad we talked a little bit before I ask you to talk about this but can you tell me we wrote the story about Cody Neesmith riding bartender at the World Series finale, and we wrote the story about Cody and his situation. Can you give us a little recap on how Cody came to you? Well, I went to a rodeo in Louisiana, pro rodeo, uh, this fall. I've never gone to a pro rodeo over there. And his dad came up to me, and I seen his dad. You know, I could tell his dad was wanting to talk to me, and his dad come up to me and told me a story. And uh, he's like, man, I, you know, it was a miracle that we got through it the first time. And it was just, there was a dagger to the back right here to, for it to come back. We, you know, could Cody, you know, we if, think you could call Cody or something. I said, man, yeah, not that far. You're only three hours from the house. Tell him, I said, I'll call him, but I mean, he can come to the house. It doesn't. Just tell him all he needs is some clothes. He doesn't need a horse, doesn't need a saddle, doesn't need a rope. Just come, you know. And about that next week, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, Cody was headed to go do chemo in Memphis. And uh, he called me. And when he got home, he came over. And, you know, just like meeting anybody, you don't know how to take that kind of stuff. You know, it was kind of new to me. You don't want to step on toes. You don't want to say anything that makes you feel awkward and you know, Cody, he's he's humbled me. He's humbled everybody around him. Uh, he's by far the toughest person I've ever met, mentally and physically. The will to live in somebody is unbelievable. And mm-hmm. what Cody shows and does is just, it's, I mean, I, I, he's a testament of being unstoppable. I mean, he, uh, he'll leave here. He'll go home and he'll have a couple bad days, you know, where he's taking a new chemo now that he, takes it for five days and uh you know if that chemo hasn't kicked in yet he'll he'll be in pain i mean he'll hurt real bad and uh i'll talk to him and he'll you know he tries to look to me for advice and i'm like i mean i don't even know where whereabouts i could even say something like that or even begin to tell him any give him any kind of advice i tell him i mean what my life what i've done is nothing to what you've done i mean he 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 makes me want to be a better husband, better father. So, I mean, he's gotten to be close with all of us around here, Ty Arnold and Molly and Ty's family, my family, and we've gotten to be close with his family. And, uh, you know, the coronavirus deal going on right now, they have, it's, it's, that virus is real bad in Louisiana, look over there where he lives. And, you know, he's having to stay pretty, but he's hard headed, you know, he, he doesn't, I mean, he lives like, there's mm-hmm. no tomorrow, I, you know, and I don't blame him. I mean, but you know, like we, it's, I have to tell him, hey, you need to look here. You know, that's kind of, 
hey, you got to slow down. He uh, he just he doesn't have no quitting him. I mean, there are no deaths this year. You know, it was who who knew? You know. And, yeah. I mean, his dad. You know, it told me. You know, I, this is going. This is tough. I don't. You know, this. I don't know. You know, there's just there's that question mark and heck. He made it through it and come back over and heck, he wrote to the Patriot and you know this when we went to Vegas, the doctor said, "Hey, Cody, you don't need to go. You know, if your horse falls or you know you're you don't really have an immune system, if anything happens while you're out there, you know it it couldn't be good." And he just that was something he wanted to do, and I don't blame him. And I told him, I said. Just come out there. I said, you can ride my horse. He'd never, I let him ride, run one or two steers on bartender. And, you know, bartender backed in there. And it was very, very neat to watch. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, he turned three steers. He did a, good, a very good job. He just had bad luck. And just the way team rope and yeah. uh, And, you know, he got home. And when he got home, it took a toll on him. I mean, he got, he got down and. Uh, but he made it through it, and now he he's, he came back over and he's rope, and they didn't think he would rope again, really. Uh, so you know, each day. Yeah, talk about a god thing, though. Like you hadn't been to any rodeos around there. Like what a crazy coincidence of you being in that place at that time, and like yeah, called to be in his life at the time. That's. It just gives yeah. you chills if you think about all the timing. Eh? Yep, I. It was. I, I mean, you know, his dad and mom have been very nice to my family and I, my wife, and you know, like I told them, I mean, what anybody I feel like would do would. I mean, I can't imagine. You know, uh, mm. I would want my son to be to enjoy life and be around people that felt comfortable and felt like they were cut from the same cloth and we do. I mean, his dad and him, they hunt and run run hounds over there and run deer. Cody and I, will be around here. We go hog hunting. He enjoys the dogs and roping. And, you know, I have to tell him, I mean, it's crazy. I'll be roping or working or roping and he'll be the only person up working the sheep, literally. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, people just lose track of thought. You know, he just, when you fight the fight, he's fought. You know, I mean, you can tell he's, he gets up and wants to take that next step. He wants to take an extra step and wants to do more than his part. I mean, uh, but, you know, I've helped him and I, I talk to him. We, we stay, like, when we rope, you know, I don't treat him like, I mean, I'd stay on him. I mean, if he's doing something, if I feel like he needs to try harder or do something, I mean, I tell him, I mean, this he's a normal person to me. And, you know, he, he might be, a, his body strength might be weaker, but I just look at him as a normal person, and I feel like if I try and I just push him. And, you know, uh -huh. I don't. We roped one day, and I seen that he missed three or four steers, and Went to the back end of the arena and he was sitting in the corner and, you know, there was seven or eight people here. We had a pretty good crowd that day and 
you know, I told him, I went and come back up. I said, Cody, what are you doing? He, I was taking my rope off. Steer. He said, man, I just bite my head. I just need to take a break for a minute. And I don't believe in showing signs of weakness. You know, I don't believe in chewing your fingernails when you get around competition. I don't believe in pacing. I believe, I mean, I just think that that shows signs of weakness. That's, you know, that's what all, all good car players, they have a joker face. And I told him, I said, can't show signs of weakness out here. I said, you know, there's people that look up to you, Cody. I said, you might not believe that, but. When you show signs of weakness for the roping part, it's all in the mental game. It's like having a new page. When you flip the page to the next page, nobody knows what was on the other page if you're the only person that saw it. And I, as since then, he has, and there's no weakness. I mean, and I think it, I, I texted him one day and we was over there at the hospital. I mean, in Memphis, it's the man, you need to just relax, slow down. And Ellie told, the exact words were, can't show signs of weakness. And I was like, golly. <laughs> that's weird. I mean, we, he goes and I might not eat lunch. I'm bad to not eat lunch. You know, I mm-hmm. we rope and go all day. I don't eat lunch, and he never says a word. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, his story has certainly resonated, and we're always thinking about him and and hoping that that he's staying safe right now because I that was one of the things I thought about when I saw how how bad Louisiana is with the virus that man I hope I hope he's locked down somebody's making sure he stays safe yeah he's holding tight but it's like keeping a lion cage good lord I mean he's, <laughs> he wants to get out and go which I don't blame him but you know what I really like I talked to his dad heck who knows I mean I know that, like last night, they had somebody that died about 20 miles from their house mm-hmm. of the virus. And uh, they're staying quarantined. They're doing uh, what they're supposed to do. Good. Cody, Very good. Yeah, absolutely. It's too scary. Well, sir, I will let you get back to roping. You have lots of practice to do to be sharp in a month when this all is behind us. Two months. Who knows? But hopefully a month. So. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully everybody stays safe, though. So thank you so much, Colby. I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. No problem. Thank y'all. Alrighty. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Peace. Before we go, we've got to thank our partners at Safe Choice and Neutrina for sponsoring this episode of The Score. Check them out at NutritaWorld.com backslash safe choice to meet all of your horse's nutritional needs. I hope you all enjoyed this interview with Colby. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to stay tuned for lots of tips. We've got roping tips coming your way from all of the best in the business. We're going to have audio roping instructions that you guys can take to your own practice pens while you are having some downtime right now. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk at you next week.